0: You thought we'd start the show off like that? Birdland BS. Check it out. What's going on, everybody? Fred and Ryan, it's Birdland BS. It's the week of March 19th, and we've had a lot going on these past two weeks since our last episode. Uh, I am fresh off vacation, birthday weekend in OC with the wife. Fred Uh, is like 40. No. I'm on the other side of 30, yes, but... He's like 36. (laughs) I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30. We'll give you that, but I'm not forty yet. Christ, don't wish me away to forty.
1: <laughs> I just think it's funny because you're not even old. <laughs> you just <laughs> think you're, you think you're like Father Time. Feel like it, man. I remember Matt was always always busting your balls about it because you kept oh. saying I'm so old.
0: Well, that fucker's like ten years younger than me. So, well, that, yeah, I yeah, that's good for him. <laughs> yeah, right. Ten years makes a big difference when you're 25 versus 35. There's a big difference there. He's only 25. That's crazy. Yeah, some internet maybe may so mature. mature. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, uh, I barely know. <clears throat> so, you've been up to these past two weeks anything fun? Same family stuff?
1: Yeah, we went ice skating Saturday or Sunday. Oh, nice. Yeah, Camden's first time. So, that was fun. He wore a helmet. So, it was okay. And then, uh, smart I kid. I should have wore a helmet the first time I went. <laughs> well, we, we heard no like experience. horror stories of like, um friends of ours that were like yeah make sure you take a helmet so good idea he he wore one and he didn't get hurt so that was good i didn't fall once very close nice christy fell at least once that i saw so
0: i went once when i was 15 man i put them on put and i started walking around i'm like i think i got this you know i used to be able to roller skate i never roller bladed but i could roller skate pretty well i got out on the ice and Started kind of moving a little bit. I'm like, all right, I got this. Started going kind of fast. I'm like, yeah. Went, got down to the end of the ice, went to turn. It wasn't happening. I (laughs) (laughs) slid, skate slid out from underneath me and I slid right into the boards. The ice cracked. Yeah. (laughs) Not at that point in life. I was a lot thinner though. I
1: wish I was there, like some, you know, six foot ogre. Just
0: (laughs) Watch. Yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> these little, like, eight, nine-year-old kids are skating circles around me. They're, like, jumping oh, over bastards. you. Bastards. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: gosh. I wish I was <laughs> there. Ah, but
0: that's, that's, that sounds like fun. We, uh, we went down to the ocean, and they had, uh, I guess it was uh, St. Patrick's Day parade down there that they do every year. I did, wasn't aware of that. We were just going down there to get the hell away for a weekend. And uh, it's, apparently, it's a pretty big deal down there. There's a lot of people you know, down there for the weekend. Um, kind <clears> of <throat> cool to see everybody out there in their kilts and bagpipes and, you know, throwing out candy to the kids and throwing out you know, beads and stuff to the, to the ladies without having to show their assets to get them. That uh, really so. <laughs> no, was definitely not more to grow a little, a little chilly. No. <laughs> uh, but it was fun, man. We, uh, wife and I went down there, played some putt, putt. And, uh, just, That's, the ocean is just great.
1: I mean, I like going in the winter or the off season and just, I don't know,
0: it's it's quieter. Yeah, I man.
1: Mean, I don't know. It's just something about the ocean. It's just a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. It was nice just being able to get out and walk around on the uh, the boardwalk and not have a million and one people down there. And yeah, I mean, obviously you're not there lounging out in the sun on the beach. I mean, it's way too cold for any of that. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, was nice just to get away and you know, have some some quiet time. I hear you. So, Got rid of that. Crazy dog. Yeah, that's right. Got rid of the (laughs) crazy-ass dog. Got rid of all the animals for a few days. For a few days. Oh, my gosh.
1: Ken's going to have to come over to your place because
0: he wants a cat so bad.
1: (laughs) I'm just not being nice about it. I'm like, nope. You can have them.
0: Any any day of the week you want
1: them, I will drop them off. (laughs) Let's see what Jamie has to say about that. (laughs) Yeah, right. Now, she might. But I text pictures of, like, cats to Christy now. Like, really cute cats. I, like, Google it. And I just... I'll send them to her and she'll be like, "Why?" i be like, oh, "I just—it's really cute. Uh, we can't get one, but this one's really cute." And she, <laughs> she hates me. so. <laughs> uh,
0: that's funny. There was one.
1: It was a. It was a cat. It was like uh, President's Day, and it was like a, a Donald Trump cat. It's just funny. So, <laughs> keep, keep sending her that one. He's got like uh, a flop or whatever going on up there, but. Good old Donald. Well, that's Trump. cool, man. Thirty-six. Happy birthday. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um. I really thought going into this show it was gonna be like a Browns episode again. Might think, end up being at some like, point. I don't know what you got to talk about. I just just to be clear, Fred is prepared today. Ryan is not. <laughs> uh I have no notes, so it's clearly the BSN is gonna come from me. A lot of oh yeah, I agree and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, I am just, not that prepared. <laughs> Christ, you make hey, me feel I'm like just, I've got a whole script here. No. You, you you know, you get wrong. <laughs> you no know, sounds good but i was like what was it uh i don't know where you want to start but i was just gonna bring up the browns because yeah go with it's it. like a like a theme for us yeah baltimore podcast that is heavy on the browns right but I mean, well with
0: all all good reason uh this week there have been quite a yeah. uh quite a bit of stuff going on i don't know if uh if you've kept up on everything. I mean, Christ, there were even some trades today, I think, that they made with uh, Seattle. I haven't uh Oh, it's nonstop. Finalized. Yeah, but uh obviously the big ones, uh being the trade for Tyrod Taylor, uh quarterback, which he they to,
1: he used to be our backup. I'm not worried about that guy.
0: Yeah, but I just I think <laughs> he I think it's a smart move. I think it gives them a veteran for a year or two that if they still decide to draft one of these guys, the top two, you know, picks that they have, the first or fourth overall pick, uh, gives that person a couple years to sit behind Tyrod and just kind of learn the NFL game. Um, but again, who knows? I mean, it's, we're talking about the Browns organization here. They may be going in a totally different direction uh, with those two picks. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so they made the the move with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, they cock-blocked dust with the uh, <laughs> trade for uh, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. That was a uh, little bit of a dagger. I, I was kind of hoping... Um, he was the safe, I think, wide receiver to pick up this year. Just, you know, if we're looking for somebody that's, that can get open and catch the ball, that's what he can do. We talked about it two weeks ago. You know, he's not a down-to-field kind of threat, but... Shore hands, makes a lot of catches, would have been a good fit, I think, for this offensive system, but doesn't end up here, ends up in Cleveland. What are your what's your takes on that? Uh I thought
1: I didn't think they gave up much for him. Um nah, they really didn't. I mean, I I liked Allen Robinson a little bit better than him, in my opinion. Agreed. This guy, you know, we talked about this, but I, for some reason, I like the Browns. They got a spot in my heart where I'm like, "Man, you suck so bad." I just want you to have like a good season. Don't beat us, but like, go have a good season. I think right. it'll be fun if like moving forward they're more competitive and that's more of a game. Um, you know, blowouts are are good, but some I don't even think we blow them out that much. But I think it it it's good for the division because if, if the Browns start stepping up, then the Ravens are going to realize like, yeah, hey, we're going to have to try that much harder as well but um yeah Landry whatever I mean they obviously have a lot of leverage with all the picks they had um going into this draft and um it just it, I'm fine with it like I, I want somebody um I'm kind of okay with what happened and I'm sure you'll talk about it later I won't really get into it um but yeah whatever they can have them um he had kind of weird stats. What was it? He had a ridiculous amount of receptions and his yardage wasn't through the roof or anything. So um, right. I think he's a good receiver, but there's probably better ones out there. So.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think just for the money that he's gonna demand, um, you know, and, and our already problems that we have with the salary cap really doesn't fit this team right now unfortunately um but the browns i mean <clears throat> i'm with you i think they're they're loading themselves up i mean you bring in Tyrod you bring in Jarvis and you know you've already got Josh Gordon there which if you can keep him away from the ganja and keep his head on straight you know i mean he is a is a really good wide receiver i mean he came in after not playing for 2 years and was pretty productive with Really, nobody throwing him the ball. Um, so you add Jarvis Landry to the mix, and they're not doubling up on Josh Gordon. Plus, you know they've got the young tight end in Joku, who's pretty good. He's uh, done pretty well against us. And then the other dimension with Tyrod, you know, being able to be mobile, and you know they're the line teams are going to have to keep a man on Tyrod uh, because if not, I mean, he he will run for yardage. Uh so it opens up the, the field a little bit more for the wide receivers. And then uh they weren't done there. They also brought in Carlos Hyde, uh former 49ers running back. Uh not that I not that I think he'll be the everyday, the every down back there. Um it it, it, it all depends on what they do with these two picks. And, I mean there's there's a lot of talk that they could go after Saquon Barkley with the first pick and do a Barkley and Hyde kind of, you know, one-two punch with the running back position and then pick up a quarterback at number four. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Joe Thomas also announced his retirement with the Browns. Mm-hmm. You know, long time left tackle. Just when they're getting good, uh, he decides to hang him up. But I think that was all based on injury situation. I don't think he uh, he could come back. Uh, based on some of the stuff he had mm, going on.
1: Is he the one that that had that streak? Yeah. I mean, I think he broke it this season, but...
0: Right. I'm just... For reference, that's the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a... In my opinion, probably, if not a first ballot Hall of Famer, I I see him being a Hall of Famer down the road. Um, He's had a great career, even with a shitty organization and a shitty team. Uh, So... Yeah, who knows? So they've got a need on the offensive line. Uh, this isn't the deepest draft for offensive linemen, and it might be a reach to go after an offensive lineman with those top four, you know, two picks that they have. Uh, but there's, you know, there's an offensive guard. I can't think of his name right now out of Notre Dame who's getting a lot of respect and kind of a hard nosed, tough nosed kind of guy. We'll see what uh, what they do, man. I mean, it, you can never. You gotta cautiously give the Browns praise. You know what I mean? Like you can never you can never go too high on them uh and give them too much kudos for what they're doing because somehow they always manage to screw it up. Are you talking about Quentin Nelson? Is yeah. Yeah, the guy that they picked up today. Or they traded away today. No, no, no. That's the Notre Dame guy, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's the there's there's actually quite a few offensive linemen that uh Notre Dame has in this draft that are going to go pretty high, but the guard, I think it's Nelson. um, I Google it. Offensive guard Notre Dame, his name comes up. Yeah, that's him. Um, But we'll see, man. It's it's we'll see. It's it's a it's an organization that can only trend up. I don't think they can get much worse than what they've been doing. Um, So they've made some some good decisions and some good pickups, and we'll see how that all plays out. But going to
1: take Barkley.
0: I think. I think early on he was like the favorite. But I think I think he's the the safe pick. Problem with this guy is he lights up the charts as far as the you know the combine. You look at all the stats and everything that we talked about it two weeks ago with the forty yard dash and you know everything, all his marks across the board in the combine. He lit those stats up, so it looks great on paper. But when you look at his career in uh Penn State, he he didn't rush for a hundred yards all that often, uh, percentage wise in his games. I can't remember exactly what the number was, uh, but I want to say he only rushed for a hundred yards like in thirty or forty percent of his games. Um, so not a really high number, but that could be the offensive system. It could be offensive line issues. Who knows? Because his immeasurables are crazy. Um, but I think – I still think he's a safe pick uh, at the top of the draft. There's a need there. I mean, Carlos Hyde, he's a good running back, but he's not the savior at the running back position. I think Barkley adds another dimension to them. And I think they're going to have to address the offensive line. Yeah. Um, so whether they feel like they need to do that early in the draft and pick up a running back in the later rounds, who knows? We'll see. But, uh, they've, they definitely still have some holes to plug and, you know, they've got the picks in this draft to do it. That's for sure. They've got a ton of picks. So, right. but what we'll this, what this interested. show is supposed to be about, what? uh, yeah, the Ravens, uh, there has been a lot going on. Cool. Um, We'll start small. I mean, obviously the uh, mm. the cuts uh, with Macklin officially being cut, saving five million under the. That's really the why cap. you went to the ocean, wasn't it? You were celebrating. I was celebrating. <laughs> I did five shots, one for every million that uh, the Ravens saved by cutting him. Uh, nah, he just like I said, he lacked the drive. I just yeah, you know, he might be a good guy and all that stuff. I just didn't see the motivation in him, and that's not what this team needs. Um, so save the 5 million and go out and get yourself somebody who can, who can, you know, be passionate about what he does and show that on the football field. And I'll tell you, they, the first announcements of moves that came across the board. First one was John Brown, Ravens signed John Brown, former Cardinals wide receiver. Um, what they call him smoky. Yeah, that's what I guess. Smokey Brown, nickname that he's had that he wants to go <laughs> by. We'll see. But um, what was your instant reaction? Who? Really? Yeah. Okay. I,
1: I don't know much about the guy. Okay. Um. Fred looks shocked.
0: Yeah, I'm just because you're a fantasy football player. And, I don't know uh, much about him, man. He's he not, he was he's relevant a couple of roster, years ago. A couple years ago, right? Yeah, he was relevant a couple years ago. Yeah, he had off, he had over thousands. Off a thousand my radar, hours. man. I'm, I'm <laughs> top
1: notch fantasy guy, man. I don't, I don't live in the past. Second place this season, man. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I didn't know much about him. I was like, who was this guy? I, you know, I heard he played pretty well. He's got, a, you know, some stats like back in the days, but he hasn't done anything recently, That's what, the way I understood it.
0: And I mean, that's accurate. I mean, he's, he's fairly young still. He's only 27 years old. So he's got that going for him. Um, he he does have the 1000 yard season. He's, he's a lot like Torrey Smith in the sense that he's a, he's a burner and he can take the top off the defense. I will give him this. He's a bit better of a route runner than Torrey Smith. Uh, he's got more to his route tree than Torrey Smith does. But at the end of the day. This guy's had nothing but injury problems. Uh, he's a smaller guy, kind of like a Campanero. Uh, I compare him a lot to Campanero as far as he's a he's a productive receiver when he can stay on the field. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. They gave him a one-year deal, $5 million. So it's basically a prove-yourself kind of deal. There's really not a whole a lot of long-term risk with it, obviously, just being a one-year deal. Um yeah, he he had some injuries with some hamstring problems and I think he had some kind of like cyst on his spine uh that was giving him some problems. So, he says that he's healthy and he's that that's the
1: uh, sickle cell trait, right?
0: Yeah, but uh, that's what they diagnosed him with, but then he did a press conference either today or yesterday and that had gotten brought up and he said that it wasn't sickle cell. So, I don't well, I don't yeah, really know I
1: heard the the spine thing wasn't
0: so. Okay, well, maybe that's what it was. I, I don't know, but either way, he says he's healthy. Um, we he says he's prepared. His, we would have known, right? <laughs> he said his legs feel better. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I think <clears throat> all in all, it's a low risk deal. I think when you compare him, like I said, to Campanero, you have a lot of the same risks, but the reward is far greater with Brown than it is with Campanero. I think if you can get a a healthy year out of Brown, you're gonna you're gonna benefit more than you would out of a healthy year of Campanero. In my opinion, um, he's also a guy that can that can return kicks just like Campanero did. So he fills that kind of same role. Just gonna he's be right. a little bit more predominant because he's gonna be on the field more than Campanero was. So he's a, he's a number three. Or are you at number two what do you number see him as? yeah i see him as a number two i see him being an outside kind of guy and then line him up in the slot a little bit here and there to you know let his wheels catch some of the underneath routes and use a speed to kind of you know try to try to get away from some defenders we'll see but i see him primarily as a number two um but again that that all kind of depends on what the ravens do with the rest of this wide receiver core and we'll we'll kind of move on to the next guy. So the, so the next deal that the Ravens announced, uh, is they had a deal in place to sign wide receiver, Ryan Grant from the Redskins. And my instant reaction to that was exactly what yours was to, to the Brown who even even more. So yeah. Yeah. Like who the (laughs) hell is this guy? Last guy I knew by the name of Ryan Grant was a running back for the Packers years ago. Uh, I don't think he's played since 2012. So, I was really, really scratching my head, and then I'm scrolling through the Twitter feed, like trying to figure out if you know the validity to it, if they really signed this guy, and then I'm seeing Adam Schefter and some of these other people reporting it that it's a four-year, twenty-nine million dollar deal, and I I sat there for a minute. And I'm like, okay, am I having like a stroke? Like, do I not, like, should I know who this guy is? Four years, 29 million. Like, who the hell is this? That's a big contract for a guy that I've never fucking heard of. Me. Like, I've never heard of this guy. And, uh... So I sit there and I start looking into it. I mean, once you started breaking the contract down, you started realizing okay, it's more or less really a two year deal worth a little over seven and a quarter million per year. But still, when you look at what he's done, he's also 27 years old. He hasn't caught a thousand yards in his career combined, he hasn't caught over a hundred passes in his career. Combine. I didn't, I didn't understand it. Like it's, you know, you see a lot of people commenting on it and saying, well, this guy's got a lot of potential, you know, the, the coaches like this guy, you know, the coaches were really high on him in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they think he's got a lot of upside, which is great. But my problem with that is the Ravens aren't in a position cap wise to take risk on potential. When you're trying to rebuild a an entire wide receiver core and you're as tight against the cap number as you are as the Ravens are right now, that money that you spend has to be spent in a in a very wise way because you just don't have a lot of money to play around with. You know, if you're a team like the Browns or the 49ers or the Jets who have a shit ton of cap space, you can take on that kind of risk because if you have a bad contract Uh, It is what it is. You've got a ton of room. It's okay. The Ravens just can't afford that. And I think that was my biggest problem with this contract was just not so much that they signed Ryan Grant, but that they're giving him this kind of money on potential, you know, not, not, not a track record, not what he's done in the past based on what they think he can do. Uh, And that was my, my biggest question mark. Did you have any opinions on it or?
1: No, same same as you man. I, I don't know. Kind of a head scratcher for you as well, huh? Yeah, I just never heard of the guy and then I thought maybe they brought in the Orioles physicians. <laughs> yes. Like in the last minute. That was like my initial thought, I'm sure other people have already said that. Um,
0: well, yeah, that's kind of the the gist of what was going <laughs> on when uh so so basically to kind of go in the direction that you're going, so Meanwhile, this deal is in place before this deal is finalized with Grant. Obviously, he has to go through the Ravens' physical, has to pass the physical, and then has to sign his contract. So all of these announcements that we're getting via Twitter and you know, via the news and whatnot, this is all pre-physical, pre, um, physical, pre-physical and signing the contract. Well, in the meantime the Packers had decided to cut veteran wide receiver, Jordy Nelson. Yeah. And there was a lot of rumors going around that the Ravens were even interested in Jordy Nelson and some of the other teams were interested. Uh, so he, um, I mean, immediately scheduled visits with multiple teams and his first visit was with John Gruden in Oakland with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Went out to Oakland, didn't make it out of Oakland, signed a deal with the Raiders. And in a corresponding move to that, the Raiders then cut wide receiver Michael Crabtree. And that, of course, made Raven Nation kind of go bananas on the Twitterverse. And a lot of people wanting him (laughs) to, to be signed and what the hell are we giving this Ryan Grant guy 29 million dollars for and you know there's guys like Jordy Nelson out there and now Crabtree out there and um conveniently Ryan Grant failed his physical and oh. that opened the door and 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 voided that contract for a potential signing of Crabtree Crabtree scheduled his visit with the Ravens immediately and was here the next day on Friday And, uh, I don't know if you, if you watched anything that was kind of going on, but Eric Weddle and Tony Jefferson had some, you know, some fun play with it, you know, lock the doors. Don't let this guy leave without a contract. He's not, you know, he can't leave Baltimore, that type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, the Ravens were able able to get the deal done three years, $21 million, uh, for Michael Crabtree. I like the move. Um, I don't know what your opinions were on it when you first heard, but. No, nah, he's he's a good receiver. I was happy with it. Um, somebody
1: I've heard of, and I think it was better than the other guy. I don't. Like, <laughs> I think it is an improvement. I mean, I think he got a, a. I'd say I don't know if he's a high end number one receiver, but he's definitely number one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's um, as only as, you know if he stays healthy, he's getting up there in years. So. I don't know if he's as old as Fred, but
0: <laughs> no, he's 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 not been in the that while. he's been in the league for a while, but the the thing with that is he got into the league at a very young age. He was a lot like Terrell Suggs, um, in the sense that, you know, they left college early. They were very young when they started their NFL careers. He he was drafted uh at twenty one. Um, so he's thirty years old now. So at thirty, he's still got a few years left in the tank, I think. He's coming off of one of his least productive seasons as a wide receiver last year but as we know you know the Raiders had some issues obviously Derek Carr wasn't himself and coming off his injury and whatnot still getting adjusted back to you know to playing again Uh, but either way even even if it was one of his least productive years in his career it was still better than anybody that the Ravens had uh, on their on their wide receiver core last year and and I think he brings an edge to this team. I think he brings an attitude, um, a personality. You know, we've talked about this in weeks past that you know uh, this team lacks personality. This team lacks like a a fire. And yeah, I think offensively he's that guy at this yeah, point. Yeah,
1: exactly. Looking to him to be that. But didn't he like uh, before he got drafted? Wasn't he like under Deion Sanders like tutelage kind of deal?
0: I think so. Yeah, it he was like
1: that. So you know he's got a little bit of like something with him.
0: Yeah, he he's got a little <laughs> bit of a, a cockiness to him, a little bit of an arrogance to him. But I like that. I mean, I've I've always <clears> throat> liked throat> Crabtree uh for years My when money. Yeah. I mean, for years when he was in San Francisco, uh he was always that kind of guy that you know, I admired from afar. And uh I think he will do very well here because we talk about Flacco and Flacco's strengths, right? You know, everybody everybody wants to see the Ravens sign this sexy number one receiver and go after these big name receivers and whatnot. The problem with it is you're working in the constraints of what Flacco's abilities are. And we've talked about this before. Flacco has his strengths and he has his weaknesses. And his strengths as a quarterback are Throwing to a spot and throwing the deep ball. Those are the two things that he can do and he can do pretty well. So you have to find wide receivers that fit that mold. An Antonio Brown, as great as a wide receiver he is, would not be as productive here in Baltimore as he is in Pittsburgh. He's a different kind of receiver. He's not the kind of receiver that would complement Flacco. Well, I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good receiver. I'd love to have Antonio Brown, don't get me wrong. I just don't think he'd be as productive here as he would be in Pittsburgh. Crabtree in my opinion is a lot a lot like Bolden in the sense that he's got that bigger body, he's got a toughness to him. He can he can post guys up. So he knows if he's got a 10-yard out route where he's going out and curling around, he can use his body to keep a defender away from him and keep the ball in front of him. And that's that's the kind of wide receiver that Flacco needs to succeed. So I think he fits this offensive system well, uh, and I think he fits Flacco well. And then you've got a guy like we talked about with John Brown who can take the top off the, def- the defense. Smoky, yeah, I call him Sm- smoky. Right, Smokey. I can hear... Ravens fans smoke. I can hear that being a thing <laughs> in the stadium. We shall see. We uh, will have season tickets this year for the first time. So we'll see if yeah, we man. can't get that chant going. I'm ready for the schedule. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I think yeah. they play well. I think they play well off each other. I think they'll complement each other. Well, uh, but it can't stop here. It's just two guys. I think they still need to address the wide receiver position through the draft uh there's still a need at tight end and that's that's been the 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 latest buzz uh around the Ravens is the tight end position you know Jimmy Graham was swiped up pretty quickly by the Packers uh so we missed out on signing Jimmy Graham but uh a guy that the Ravens were interested in a few years ago in the draft uh Eric Ebron he was recently released by the Lions, and I think... Were you tweeting that guy? Were you tweeting him? I was. I was. <laughs> trying to get that man to, to respond. Trying to get that what man to notice. Him?
1: Hey, a free Birdland BS sticker if you come to Baltimore.
0: <laughs> That's right. <for laughs> Birdland BS swag if you come to Baltimore. I got
1: a Machado uh, <laughs> yeah. action figure with your name on it. <laughs> That's absolutely right.
0: Whatever I got to do. Oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> I think I think he'd be a good fit. Um another <clears throat> pretty good pass catching tight end. Uh you know, he's still young too. You know, he's only 24 years old. He was another guy drafted pretty young uh out of college. So, you know, he feels like he's been in the league for a while, but he's still only 24 years old. So, he still has a good amount of upside. I don't think he would cost too much money. Um and you know, he's got some some room to to grow and I think he would fit Again, Flacco strengths pretty well, but if they don't sign him, you know, it's not doomsday for the Ravens. There are some pretty good tight ends available in this draft, uh, but what do you think? I mean, do you know much about Eric Ebron or
1: no, not, not enough. I know his name popped up a lot. during fantasy He seemed to be a, like a reliable option, but I don't know. I didn't watch too many games of the Lions. Okay. I have no clue. What do you got other than what you already
0: said? Anything good? No, I just, like I said, I just think he'd be a good fit. He's um, probably the, the.
1: the it, it looks like he's the best option out there, um, free agent-wise.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there's really not a whole lot of free agent tight ends. I would have loved to have seen Jimmy Graham come here, but... You know, we didn't have that kind of money. Exactly. It wouldn't have been a very uh, cap-friendly kind of deal. It would have... um probably prevented us from being able to sign Crabtree to the deal that we got him, And uh, then our wide receiver core is just a mess. And we're relying on young receivers. Um, So, you know, I'm happy with the moves. I'm happy that they didn't end up signing grant to that ridiculous deal. I'm glad that that money was reinvested (laughs) into Crabtree. Cause probably so bitter. Oh, I'm sure he (laughs) is. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you're, if you're that guy, right, you're, you're about to sign this four-year, twenty-nine million-dollar deal, set yourself up for life, and then not only do you not get that contract, you not get that deal, but now you're being your name is being thrown around as damaged goods because you didn't pass a physical. Uh, so you know that hurts your stock when you're you know trying to sell yourself to other teams as a free agent. I mean, now granted, everybody's team has the ability to do their own.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Well, he passed the the Redskins like exit
0: physical or whatever they call it. Right. Yeah. So, and he did pass different he, standards. I think he had a visit the other day with the Colts and he did end up passing the Colts physical, but I don't think that really says much considering that's the organization that can't tell us what the hell's going on with Andrew luck. So I don't really know much about their medical staff, but it doesn't sound very good. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I just feel bad for the guy in that sense. Happy he's not a Raven on that crazy-ass deal. I'd rather see them bring him back in a one- or two-year, let's see how you do, and if you can do well in those one- or two years, then we'll talk, you know, four-year, $29 million deal. But just based on potential right now, no. Way too risky with the little bit of cap space that we have. But speaking of cap space, uh, did you hear that the Ravens reworked Brandon Williams' deal? uh yeah. to free up some cap space. So this is kind of the way of Ozzy and what the Ra- the Ravens front office has always done. Whether it's Ozzy or it's Pat Mirardi or whoever does these reworkings of contracts, uh they basically they it's not saving the team any money in totality. It's just pushing it around and spending it later and whatnot. The problem with it is, though, they've they've done this so much and so often to help with short-term problems that they're creating themselves a lot more problems financially down the road and preventing them from ever really having those couple of years with a decent amount of cap space to be able to go out and address some issues that they have because they just keep pushing this money further off and that's what happened with Brandon Williams is i mean he he ended up i think saving just around 5 million uh f- under the cap for this year so that they could have a little bit more money to sign a crabtree and maybe an ebron and whoever else they want to go after here but uh his that's his a- his deal over the next 3 years is pretty costly for a guy who only plays like 40% of the downs.
1: Yeah. It looks like they were able to move on um, about make up five point six two five million in cash right. space.
0: Yeah. And that's great. I mean, like I said, it's great for the short term. It's great to help, you know, with getting some players on the books for this year, but financially it's really going to set this team up. Uh, you're paying your guy, you know, a, a defensive tackle who only plays 30 to 40% of the downs, uh, you know, a heavy, heavy cap number these next three years of his contract. Uh, so I'm happy in a way, but disappointed. You know, I mean, it's just again we're gonna we're gonna have this same issue that we've had this year, year after year. This issue's not going away anytime soon, just because of how they do this. But yeah. that is the way of their their workings. It's how they do things. So we'll we're see. Just gonna have it. A- decent draft this year be all right yeah well (laughs) that's gonna make or break this team this draft is is super important um i'm i'm looking you know we've talked about it and i always say that so
1: i try to stop saying it so much but uh
0: no i um, mean it's it's absolutely the truth
1: but i'm looking forward to the draft because like you said i think it's an important draft i think for me i've always kind of been under the impression of oh, they're not really gonna they're not really looking for anybody specific. So, um, I'm not gonna stay up and watch the draft because we're just gonna trade back or something like that. So this year I'm actually I'm looking forward to it. I'm I think I'm gonna actually sit there and watch it. I'm kind of anxious to see how the the top five picks fall with the the Browns having two of those, and then uh, you know I, I really want to see what the Ravens do. You know I'm anxious to see what they come up with or what kind of deal they make uh, for this draft. Cause I feel like they're trying to make the right moves and I'm, I'm just hopeful that whatever they do is an improvement and, you know, assigning like Crabtree. I think that's what the fans wanted and yeah. they got it. And I think that's a good, good thing. And then if you get Ebron, if he makes it out of the Carolina, then that be, or Jacksonville, I think um, he's going to have a visit there. We'll see how that goes, but it looks like they're trying to make changes and, and do the right thing. And, um, you know, everybody kind of gawked at that grant thing, and it didn't happen. And I think everyone was relieved. And um, Ozzy still wanted them, but <clears throat> I'm just kind of—I don't know. This year seems different, and
0: I'm kind of really anxious to see what these guys do. Well, let me let me throw this at you because <clears throat> I was talking with Ken Zalis. Yesterday, um, Ken Zalis is with uh, Press Box Online. This guy's uh, elbows left and right on the Twitter. They did a uh, they did a Facebook Live podcast the other day, and I was listening in and making some comments and kind of going back and forth with Ken. So his, his opinion is he doesn't want to see the Ravens draft defense at all uh at least in the first three four rounds of this draft. He wants to see the Ravens really go after playmakers and offense to rebuild this offensive, you know, side of the ball. So I posed the question to him. I said, you know, well what if a player like Derwin James, who's one of the highest rated safety slash cornerbacks in this draft, slides down to sixteen do you take him? And his response to me was basically, I don't care who you think or who slides down to 16 on the defensive side of the ball. I do not want to see the Ravens take a defensive player. I want to see the Ravens go after playmakers and somebody on the offensive side of the ball. So I'll give you my opinion first. And I want to, I want to see what you think. So I understand that thinking. And for the last couple of weeks, I've kind of had that same take on it is take, we need to rebuild the offensive side of the ball. We need to, you know, get playmakers. And I totally agree with that. And I still agree with that. But here's the thing so we all know and we've all experienced the Ray Lewis era and the Ed Reed era, right? Mm-hmm. These these are two generational-type players, two first-ballot Hall of Famers. Both were late, late first-round picks. I mean, around 20s. I'm not saying Derwin James is the next Ed Reed, but if the Ravens have him graded in such a way that they think he has the potential to be an Ed Reed. In this draft, just based on what I've seen with, when you talk about offensive playmakers, right, you're only talking about the wide receiver, the running back, and the tight end position. There really isn't a class of wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs that are so high up on the board that you have to take them at 16. I think really the only one that's really being thrown out there that should be, could be around 16 and maybe you should take a 16 would be Calvin Ridley. We talked about him, Um, but there's still no guarantees with this guy. This guy is not on the books. There's a lot of question marks, but there's not there. He's not on the books as a guaranteed perennial pro bowl type player or guaranteed future hall of famer player or anything like that. There's no talks like that about this guy. So, knowing the Ravens and knowing how they've drafted it in the past, if you have the option of taking a player like Calvin Ridley or, you know, any of the of the the wide receivers, DJ Moore, whoever it may be, let's say no wide receivers have been taken, so you're sitting at sixteen and you have the option of taking one of those wide receivers. Or you have the option of taking a Derwin James who's on your board as a perennial pro bowler, possible future Hall of Famer, what do you do?
1: I think they'll take the best player available. And if it's a defensive player, that that's who they'll take. Right. Uh they might at this point feel like they satisfied some of their needs on offense, so they might go that route. I don't I don't see it. Um, I see it as a possibility for him. Okay. And that's always his answer. That's his blanket statement with the draft. We'll take the best available player. Regardless yeah, but of where he is.
0: we did hear from Bashati, and, you know, he was very clear that the Ravens won't be taking defensive tackle with the first round, you know, first draft pick. Um, I didn't, he did say specifically defensive tackle. He didn't say we won't be taking a defensive player. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on it now. Whereas before, I thought I was kind of in agreement with with Ken that you know I want to see this te- this team take playmakers. I want to stop seeing them trade back. If you've got Calvin Ridley sitting there at 16, you take Calvin Ridley. Um, but I I still I still feel like there's more value in in this in this draft. Just talking about this draft in general. I think there's still more value in trading back, as you know, a lot of people probably aren't going to agree with that, and a lot of people aren't going to like that. But I think there's more value in trading back maybe to the low 20s in the draft and picking up an extra second or picking up an extra third rounder. So that way, yeah, okay, if you want us to load up on playmakers, well, that's what we're going to do. And now we've got an extra pick to do that. We can go and attack this late first round pick, and now we've got two second rounders or two third rounders or whatever it may be, and we can really go after the playmakers uh, in this draft because now we've got multiple picks to do so. I think that's the better move. I think it's the smarter move just in this draft specifically. Obviously, you have to have a partner. You have to have another team that wants to trade up for your spot and you have to have a team that's willing to give up a second or third round pick to do that. But I just think in this draft, that's the smarter thing to do. And that's where I'll end with that. That's just my opinion. Whatever, Fred, <laughs> you're old <And> I am, <laughs> I am. So what the fuck's my opinion matter? It sucks. It matters a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's switch gears. Let's, uh, let's talk a little baseball, man. It's, it's, it's close. What are we, Ten days, I think, away from opening day. Now it's the nineteenth, right? The, Something like that. Yeah. The opening day is the 29th, I think. Let me get a calendar up. We are Captain Captain America days away. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, okay, I got. You. I forgot all about that. Captain Ten America, man. They were they had the uh, the one year anniversary of the catch. Going around awesome. on Twitter, man. I was uh, I was showing Jamie when we were down at the ocean. It's still one of the greatest catches I've ever seen, especially yeah. considering the situation.
1: Yeah, with Manny.
0: Yeah, right with Manny, and not that not being his home ballpark, but to be able to make a catch like that and know where the fence is just unreal. Uh, Adam Jones is probably one of the the most would, underappreciated <laughs> players in this league.
1: That's one of the highlights of the season as a an Oriole fan, like him playing and. So playing so well in that, but, you know,
0: with the season being a little bit of a
1: disappointment. It that, was
0: kinda... that whole tournament, man, it was, I could give two shits about the WBC until last year. Last year. Something about last year grabbed me in, sucked me in. I don't know if it was like just the intensity surrounding most of the games, because most of the games were close down, you know, nail biting kind of games. Um, it was the fact that, obviously, the USA was doing well and was in contention for the uh, the championship, which, all, obviously, they ultimately won. Um, but, man, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. I look forward to that, well, I guess, in the next three two, years? two years or three two and years and from now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know so. exactly. I know it's every four years, I think. But, yeah, man, opening day, 10 days away. Uh, I finally got tickets. I did. Again, uh, big shout-out to uh Maria. Uh, that was uh that was awesome. I can't wait to uh hang out with you and meet you down pup, uh pickles for a couple of drinks. I owe you. Um but yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh <laughs> the team is still got a lot of question marks and you know, a lot of people were kind of kind of upset still, you know, that, that the the Orioles don't seem to be more proactive in bringing some other players in. I mean, you still got a guy out there Alex Cobb at 30 years old with a ton of pitching experience in the American league East um, who's had success against the, or has had success against the uh, Red Sox. It's had success against the Yankees. Um, You know, this guy's a mid three ERA kind of guy. You've got 30 million under what you spent last year. So you've got the means to spend it Uh, and your rotation. I mean, right now, Andrew Kashner's pitching great so far in the spring. I mean, he's pitching to a one-run ERA. He's pitched good in the the couple games he's been out there. Kevin Gosman's just under five. Mike Wright's just under five. Dylan Bundy's at nine. Tillman got his second start today, uh, and he cut his ERA in half. He's down to, like, the mid-sixes. Yeah, he's still kind of working the kinks out and everything, but there's still – you've got a big question mark – around Tillman and whether he's going to be healthy enough to to be productive. And he's your number four right now. Uh, you have no idea who your five is going to be. I mean, right now, I guess it's going to be Mike Wright, but we all know how that experience has kind of gone in the past. But you've got a guy like Alex Cobb out there, and you've got the means to, to spend it, to spend the money to sign him. Do it. I just don't understand it. You know, and... and
1: <clears throat> well, we're not the only, you know, obviously no one else is making that deal either. So there's something going on.
0: I don't think it has anything to do with him from a health perspective or, no, you know, I just think it's
1: the, the, the market or whatever the hell they got going on with this low free agency.
0: Well, I mean, Lance Lynn signed a, a last minute deal with the twins the other day. And literally two days later, he turned around and pitched against the Orioles and shut us out in, you know, the three or four innings that he pitched. Um, would have liked to seen him got the you know, sign with the Orioles, but obviously Minnesota's a little bit friendlier of a pitcher's ballpark than than Camden Yards. And when you're on a two year kind of prove yourself type of deal, you obviously want things that are gonna be a little more friendly <laughs> on the ERA. Um, and I think that's what Alex Cobb's gonna end up getting. He's not gonna sign a five year deal at this late in in uh, spring training at this point, it's going to be a one or two year deal. And if you're Alex Cobb, I mean, do you really want to pitch in the AL East again? Do you really want to pitch in Baltimore? I think if it's his only option, maybe, but you know, if you've got other clubs out there that are going to give you a little bit better opportunity uh, to succeed personally, not as a team, just personally, um, to you know, it's going to help boost your stock later on down the road when you are going after that three or four or five year deal. Um, but that doesn't stop fans from wanting the Orioles to go after him. I mean, I'm I'm right there with them. I'd love to see them get him. It would make me feel a lot better about the pitching staff because look, this team has no problems with hitting the ball.
1: No yeah, offense is there. It's been there all. I mean, I get a hundred updates. So.
0: I mean the only the only things that are kind of question marks right now on the offensive side of the ball is you've got Chris Davis. Uh he's got some lingering elbow injuries. I know he just had an injection and he I think he he played against some minor leaguers today. Uh, so he's getting some swings in today, but then you've got uh Mark Trumbo who's going to be out now 3 to 4 weeks with a quad strain. He's on the um, DL, right? Right. Uh so that frees up your DH position, probably going to leave the door open for Pedro Alvarez. I would think to start on the roster, just because he's kind of a, a similar, similar bat to Trumbo, except for he's hitting from the left side of the plate, which is something this team lacks his power from the left side. Uh, so I think he can kind of fill in for that role, but outside of those, you know, those couple of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, everybody's hitting the cover off the ball right now. Everybody's in, in good shape. Um, you know, so I have I have no real qualms with the offense other than who's going to hit leadoff, and we talked about that. You know, I, this team really doesn't have that leadoff guy. And, man, ever since I said it, Cedric Mullins has been tearing it up. <laughs> yeah, you spring. said
1: something about it, and then I kept seeing his name pop up. Yeah. And like, you know, I get – five or six different apps Let me know what's going on. And I kept seeing Cedric Mullins. I was like, fucking Fred.
0: He's, I mean, he's got the speed. He's got a couple of doubles, a couple of triples already, a few stolen bases. I mean, this guy is a legit leadoff guy. Um, At some point, you know, you got to stop coddling these guys. You just got to throw them into the fire and see how they do. I mean, it's all fine and dandy. You know, he's had some injuries and he's had some things happen to him. So he's got to, you know, get some at bats in but I want to see him up with this team. I think he can do a lot of, got a lot of good for this team. Um, and he, like I said, he would fill that lead off role without a problem. Um, I guess the biggest news surrounding the offense today was that, uh, Austin Wynn was reassigned to the minors league minor league camps. Uh, so that leaves chance Cisco and Andrew Susak to battle for the backup catcher role. Um, Susak obviously has a little bit more major league experience. Uh, He was also a high draft pick back in his day, a few years back. So he's got some upside. He's a better defensive catcher than Chance Sisko, but Chance Sisko's bat is ready. (laughs) I don't know. Have you seen his stats? No, I haven't Enlighten me Fred. He's, I mean, he's hitting just under 400 right now. He's hitting, or a little over 450 on base percentage, uh, hitting the ball all over the ballpark. He can spray it from line to line. Uh, He's got some speed for a catcher, which is super rare. You know, he's got a few triples. Um, You know, and this is all in 28 at-bats, so it's not a small, small sample size. I mean, he's doing pretty well uh, in the at-bats that he's given. So what do you want to do? You want to
1: bring him in? As backup catcher slash DH, that's
0: absolutely what I think he would fill. I think, you know, he he gives this team something that they lack desperately, and that's somebody who can get on base. Um, you know, whether you're hitting him in the two hole, whether you're hitting him in the seven, eight, nine hole, he's going to produce uh, power. I think will probably be his biggest um area of I guess of need. I think he might be like a 10 to 15 home run kind of guy if he's you know getting 500 600 at bats in a year. He's not going to be a big power guy, but he's got good power to the to the alleys, so he's going to get a ton of doubles which some of those are going to be stretched into triples. Uh and he's a very patient at bat, a very patient batter so i think he brings a lot to this club that this club desperately needs but the the real big downfall to him is his his defense uh you know everybody is kind of he's he, saying that he's far behind defensively you know to be a, a major league catcher the small sample size that i've seen him play you know last year and this year he's got a decent arm uh so i don't know if it's maybe Pitchers don't feel comfortable throwing to him. You know, a lot of a lot of the pitchers love throwing to Caleb Joseph. Right? You know, they they they'll speak very highly of him and that kind of thing. Maybe that's more what they're talking about, because I don't see him missing balls or having a lot of pass balls or anything like that. I mean, nothing like jumps out at me as like this guy's just really poor defensively. So I don't I don't understand where all that comes from. But there's a lot to catching. I mean, I caught for 20 years growing up as a kid, and I granted at the major league level is totally different. you you know, you're calling obviously you're calling the game and all that. And oh, man. you've got to have relationships with these pitchers on a one-on-one basis. But um I don't know. It's 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 a big question mark for me because I want to see him on this team. I, I don't know why. I think I get so excited about some of these young guys, you know, with Austin Hayes and Cisco and Santander and, you know, uh, Cedric Mullins. I think these guys can produce. And I just feel like, you know, they kind of shelter I'm these guys, you know, not very patient Fred. Are you? Well, I mean, how long do you wait on some of these people? <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like,
1: I think Cisco will make it.
0: Um, I, I hope said. so. I still have the
1: theory. He was at, um,
0: oh yeah fan
1: fest so i think he'll be he'll be in the lineup i think he'll be there i think he'll be on the roster so that other guy from i don't know susac yeah you know hit he didn't look like much when we got him it was almost like eh, whatever it was just i think cisco is your guy so you might get your wish
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't have any qualms about uh, Austin wins either. I think Austin wins is a good catcher. I think this team's got some good catching depth um, across the board, you know, so they've got some good options. I just think Cisco's bat is what separates him from the rest of the pack. Um, And I just don't know how confident I am in Caleb Joseph. I mean, I like Caleb. He's a good defensive catcher. But how long did he go? Was it two years ago without a home run? Right? Remember? He, he went all season.
1: With right. A, without an RBI, I think.
0: Or, yeah, without an RBI. or That's what it was. Not the home runs. It was RBIs. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, then he actually lost his – uh, he lost arbitration.
0: Right. So, uh, I just – I don't know. I don't know how confident I am in mm-hmm. him being the – Everyday catcher. I mean, this is really the first year that he's going to be the everyday catcher. You know, there was Matt Weeters obviously for all those years. Weeters left. They brought in Wellington Castillo, uh, and now this will be his first year as being an everyday catcher. And I, you know, I like him. I think he's a serviceable catcher. I just don't see him being an everyday guy in that lineup. I just don't think he benefits the lineup enough. But sorry, sorry. <laughs> We'll see what happens, man. What's yeah. uh what's your take on this season? Like are you excited for opening day? Are you excited to see what happens? Like what's going on in your brain?
1: I'm I'm excited just because I'm ready for baseball and um I think they've had a lot of offense in the spring tra- in spring training, so I feel like there's something to look forward to. A lot of people are like, "Hey, we think the Orioles are going to play better than they look." Kind of um a lot of that being thrown around. Um, does, there's still moves to be made. Uh, I'm just kind of anxious to see what they are. And uh, if the guys that we do have play to their potential, we'll have a pretty good team. Um, right. It's just the pitching staff. Um, you know, if Tillman gets up to speed and gets healthy and and can pitch well, then that that's a big plus. And then if Bundy and Gausman pitch – to what we think they can, then that's a big plus, and that's three out of five. And then you got Kashner, um, who you said looks pretty good. You know, he gets to keep his beard. That was obviously um, <laughs> something we talked about. That was in the contract, yeah, uh, <laughs> negotiations or pre-negotiations. However, that got worked out, which I think it's good. I I, I like to see that um, with the Orioles to kind of show more of an open. I don't know. It's one guy, but I feel like you're trending in a direction that that's more for the players and I feel like that's where they need to be. You need to work with the players and and make them happy. Um obviously they get paid well, but I think they're very, you know, you see the movies and hear it all the time, superstitions and all that. You know, if 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 that guy can keep his beard and it, he thinks he's going to win an
0: extra game or two because of it, I think it's a good thing. So, speaking of movies, <clears throat> did you see the uh the two or three minute clip that uh, the Milwaukee Brewers put together.
1: <laughs> no, I I've seen it, but I haven't been able to listen to it. it oh looks my hilarious. god! It looks just like the pitchers' reactions and everything. Um, from what I saw I was like, yeah, this looks just like it. I said, I, said, I got to check this out.
0: If you don't know what we're talking about, so on Twitter, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm sure it's on Facebook. The the Milwaukee Brewers put together a bunch of their players and they reenacted. Uh, the main one of the main scenes from sandlot uh if you haven't seen sandlot well i don't know where you've been uh in your life under a rock or something but uh it's it's a really really well done clip it's hilarious you should go check it out uh i'm sure you can, like i said find it on the twitterverse or find it on youtube but uh the great Hambino. or something. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man uh but no, man, I, I am. I'm I'm excited for opening day, excited for all the festivities. It's I've been there now. I think this will be 17 or 18 in a row that I've gone to. That's uh man. You are old. Yeah, man. I know. The more I think about that. that's... 17 or 18, man. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but uh I, I look forward to it every year, no matter what the uh <laughs> the expectations of the team's been. Obviously, I was there. Well before this uh, five year run, so I was there through uh, a lot of the down years. Um, a couple years
1: ago, you were you were messing with the algorithm out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Burland BS got its first launch. Don't mess with the algorithm. <laughs> what the hell are that. you talking about, Matt? I don't even know what algorithm. I don't even spell that. Know what the hell he oh, talking about? Man. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the the team. The team's got a lot of promise. Um, they just got to solidify the, the the pitching staff. They've got a good bullpen. Uh, they've got they're going to be a good defensive club. I think if you really want to put a little, you know, a few more butts in the seats and a little get a little bit more optimism around this club, I think you go out and you sign an Alex Cobb. Uh, but speaking of putting butts in the seats. Uh, I don't think we mentioned this last week. Cause I, I think this or two weeks ago, cause this might've been BCM. after, um, after our show was the, uh, the Orioles actually did something I thought was pretty cool. Um not sure. What did they title it, Ryan? The, Oh man. So basically what they're doing is they're allowing, they're allowing uh, kids nine and under, Oh, uh to, yeah.
1: kids cheer for free or
0: whatever kids yeah. cheer for, yeah kids cheer free uh so yeah if, if you buy an upper deck seat you are allowed to bring up to two kids per ticket nine and under into the seats or to the upper deck for free uh i think it's i think it's good i th- i think not only will it put more you know seats more fans in the seats and that kind of thing which is always good i just think It'll help the longevity of baseball. You know, baseball kind of gets lost nowadays, I think, with football and basketball kind of being like the big two in America right now. And kids just, it's too expensive, you know, to go to some of these games and, you know, you start adding in the food and costs of things and whatnot. You know, something like this might help a younger generation Change their outlook on baseball and might help grow the game. And, you know, right now I think I, I think I heard a stat the other day that the average age for uh you know, someone going to watch a baseball game is like fifty six years old. That's the average age right now. So um That's what I want to do in retirement.
1: I want to be a season ticket holder and just go to the game every <laughs> night I can, basically.
0: I just, I think it's really good. I I think it's a, it's a smart PR move. Um, I think it's great. Um, I know you usually do the, the dugout club thing. So
1: yeah, I already think the dugout club is like the best deal prior to this. I mean, you get six games for, we usually get it for 20 bucks and I think it ends up being 25 for fees and everything. Right. And then, you know, your kid gets a bunch of free stuff. They get like a backpack or something, a hat. There's all, he got a pencil case all kinds of crap nice and then and then um you know they do like dollar fifty hot dogs and drinks and uh chips everything's a dollar fifty basically and I usually get like eight hot dogs and then uh <laughs> it's six dollars a ticket for an adult to go and you can get up to like ten per game or something like that so we get the whole family to go we usually have like seven or eight of us there and we get usually first row seats, if you get on there right away, like, as soon as they say, hey, you can get your tickets, you can get first row upper reserve, and it's, like, really, really good seats for the for the amount. And then uh, I thought that was a great deal, and we have those, and then we have a couple select games we're already going to. So we're, like, up to 10 games already, and then they announce this deal. Right. So I was like, hey, did you hear this? I'm like, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I can fit any more games into my schedule, so. But I think it's great. Um you know, there aren't a lot of kids out there, and it's, as an adult, it's fun to watch the kids at the game, you know what I mean? Right. They're going crazy, they're dancing, they're doing all the stuff that we used to do, it's just, it's a good feeling to just kind of reminisce and, and watch your kid come up the way you did, so. Right. Um, For any kids that aren't out there experiencing this, man, I feel like they're missing out, so I think it's great on the Orioles, and I think it's a smart move and it, and to me it shows that they know what the future is. So uh, I, I really like it.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think what it'll do is it'll really help like the inner city kids, uh, you know, some, some of the families in the inner city who really can't afford to go to these games. You know, there's the Orioles have had a lot of projects recently in the inner cities. I know Eddie Murray and Cal Ripken uh, are part of a few uh, projects in the inner cities where they're building uh baseball fields and facilities for kids, uh, in different areas in the city, just to, you know, one to give a place for kids to play some ball and two to try to generate some interest in the game again. Uh, but you know, a a situation like this and doing something like this obviously makes it a lot easier uh, for families to be able to afford to come out. I mean, the Orioles honestly are one of the cheaper, uh, of all professional sports games to go watch even before this uh, this announcement. I think an article I read said that they were like seventh in all professional sports as far as the most affordable game to go watch, uh, which kind yeah. of took me by surprise. You know, that just goes to show, because I'll be honest, I mean, an Oriole game for me is not that, not, not that cheap. It's not that affordable. Um, so for it to be seventh in all professional sports as the most affordable uh, kind of took me back and, you know, really puts into perspective just how expensive these things are to go to. And, you know, I mean, somebody's got to pay for these contracts that these players are getting and somebody's got to pay for these stadiums that are being built and all the modifications that are being done and the renovations that are being done for him and things of that nature. So I get it. But a uh, program like this is uh kudos to the Orioles and the Angelo's family for uh, putting this together. I think this was done by John uh, Peter's son. He kind of forefronted this deal. So uh, kudos to the Angelo's family for getting that deal done.
1: No, I, I get a lot of like emails from, well, I don't get them as much anymore, but the Nats always used to do um, like a lot of good deals, um, and I was like, "Why don't the Orioles do stuff like this?" So hopefully, that's the start of that. Like they're having an open mind with the ticket sales because if you're gonna have empty seats, man, why, why not fill them? Find a way to fill them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you can bring a kid, hey, that's gonna put at least you know an additional adult or two in the seat. Right, seats or stands, and yeah, I, I'm hoping it's going that route where they have some some different deals, but pretty pretty cool you know forward thinking by them I feel
0: so. yeah so right, uh man. move on we'll move on to one last thing before we go. go uh <clears throat> did you do any uh, nCAA brackets this year <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I did um I did two one was by accident um and the other one I just kind of tried I followed suit and they're they're very close but uh yeah I got I, One and I put uh, whoever Penn was versus Kansas, so that was dumb. And then, uh, obviously, UMBC, I didn't take them. The only one I really did pick was uh, uh, Loyola Chicago. Okay. I I had that out of the first round, but that was it. It, Mine's done. I got, like, um, a couple, you know, whether it's East, West, whatever, I got a couple that I'm completely blacked out right now. I can't do anything, so. (laughs) <laughs> um, I picked Virginia for um like to go all the way. Yeah, I think so, uh, the majority of people
0: did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you if you said you had a perfect bracket right now, I, you're <laughs> a fucking liar. Uh, uh I don't dude, care who you are. You
1: have to just be guessing. Like <laughs> it's imp- it's so impossible.
0: Oh yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. Like somebody but it happens, you know? That it has happened before where people have had perfect brackets and stuff. But this year there's just been so many upsets and so many things. It's just obviously we had uh, the local story with UMBC becoming the first 16 seed to to beat a one and not just beat a one. But, I mean, they blew them out. They beat them by 20 points. And this was, like you said, I mean, they were your team, Virginia, to go all the way. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people like had it that way.
1: The number one seed overall.
0: Right. They weren't just a one. They were the number one of ones. Yeah. Uh, and
1: then they followed it up with a pretty damn good performance. I, I actually sat down and watched that whole game.
0: So. Yeah, so did I. I mean, it's it wasn't the the prettiest of games. Um, both teams are are really good. You know, talking about uh, UMBC and Kansas State, both teams are really good on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so it was a definitely a defensive, low scoring kind of game. But uh, they were, they were in <laughs> they it, were it right talking, till the dude. end
1: the score didn't even move and it'd be like 2 3 minutes I'm like oh what is going
0: on right i it, it almost seemed like they just they played with a little too much pep in the step like they were just a little too too fast too yeah. sloppy but even even still they were right there the entire game in striking distance up until that last you know minute what well, was um, like
1: 30 what was it 31 the 30 or it it was within a point and it was right in the the thir- low thirties. Right. And I was like they had a couple of opportunities to score and get ahead and then they'd they get down there and then make a bad pass or right. a turnover and it was like, Oh, are you kidding me? But then they'd get the ball back and and go back at it, but it just never got to the point where they could you know, they couldn't score um they couldn't get inside, you know. It just right. seemed like they kept taking shot they missed a lot of shots, so had they been a little bit more accurate, that game could have won a lot different. A lot of free throws were missed. and um, I don't know much about basketball, but that's just, to me, it was like, man, they took a lot of shots, and if they would have made them, it would have made the difference. So, Right.
0: Well, I usually, I usually do quite a few brackets. Like you know, People will invite me to do them all over the place, whether it be ESPN or CBS or Yahoo or whatever. But this year, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do a bracket. I don't want to do a bracket. I just want to watch the games. And last minute, a guy from work was like, hey, get into my league and just do a bracket real quick. So I threw one together. I just threw one together. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with kind of, in my opinion, kind of a long shot. Somebody that probably a lot of people didn't take uh, to win it all. Um, But my final four, I had Virginia, uh, Villanova, Michigan State, and Michigan. Um, obviously Virginia and Michigan state have both been eliminated, but Villanova in the championship game, I had Villanova going against Michigan and I had Michigan winning the national championship. And I only went with Michigan because I watched them one absolutely destroy Maryland. Uh, not that Maryland had a very good year at all, but that game that they played against Maryland, they could not miss and that was in Maryland's house. It was just, they really, really showed me something that game. And then they went into the Big Ten tournament and dominated the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so I thought they had some rest. So they came out the first game and didn't look very good in the tournament, but they managed to get through. Uh, they're still alive. So I, I, my bracket's not completely busted. Uh, i 50% with my Final Four still left, but uh, <laughs> my, uh, my national champion's still in it. So, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, mine's horrible. What was your final four? I know you said Virginia uh, would take it all, but.
1: So, this one I'm looking at now, I have uh, all four number one seeds going to the finals. Okay, And then Villanova in Virginia with Virginia winning the national championship. Okay. And then in the other bracket I have, which was more or less the one I took a little bit of time to put together. Right. It's very similar, but I had, um, again, I had Virginia and Villanova, but I had Michigan State and North Carolina oh, okay, in the Final Four as well, but that's not happening. So the only one alive in that one is Villanova. And you but picked
0: Virginia I, to win that one too?
1: Yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, I picked Virginia to win both. Okay. But in my West bracket, I had it correct all the way into, like, I had all the first-round games correct, so that was pretty cool, but other than that, I sucked, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my west bracket and my uh, my, w- my midwest brackets were pretty good. I only had um, two misses between the two brackets, um, but man, my my south bracket is screwed, and my east bracket was screwed, so. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's It's been an exciting tournament. Uh, it's been a lot of exciting down-to-the-wire kind of games. This is when I really, really get into college basketball. During the year, i watch the Terps, obviously, just because, you know, I'm a hometown guy. I love my Maryland Terps, so i watch them throughout the year. But I don't watch anybody else play basketball. But, man, mm-hmm. when it comes to tournament time, I try to watch as many games as I can if I've got the time to or whatever, just because they're so exciting. This is when players are diving on the court for loose balls and things. I mean, they're giving it their all cause it's a win or go home situation. Um, you know, it's for a lot of these kids that are seniors and aren't going to make it to, you know, the NBA or professional basketball, this is their last game. So, you know, it's, it's a uh, kind of an exciting time. It's real high energy. So, uh, we'll see. I, you know, I guess in two weeks when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll know who our national champion is, but, uh, Anything else you want to hit these guys with before we head off? I know we're about an hour and 20 minutes into this thing. No, it's getting long, man. I'm good. All right. Well, be sure to check us out on all the interwebs. I actually uh, just started a YouTube page, Birdland BS. Real easy if you go on there and search. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. What I'm going to do is every once in a while, I'm going to post instant reaction videos to any kind of breaking news that maybe surrounds the Orioles or surrounds the Ravens or any local teams, uh, just to kind of give you a one or two minute clip of, of what my opinion might be on that signing or news, uh, story, uh, just another way to stay in contact with us and keep it in the know. Uh, so again, YouTube birdland BS, hit subscribe, leave some comments, Hit the like button, whatever birdlandBS.com check us out on iTunes, Google Play, all that good stuff for BirdlandBS I'm Fred and I'm Ryan. We'll see you guys.
2: Oh Ooh don't we look good together.